Kiddushin daf nun gimel on beis. The purpose of pleasure, chenvani keshulchani or kebal habayit. You see in this Gemara how when we learn a piece of Gemara thoroughly, you get a lot of bikiyas as well. You get not only depth of knowledge on the piece that you're looking at, but you also get a lot of, a lot of breadth. In today's piece, we need to understand a, a Mishnah in Bov we need to understand a, mish, a Mishnah in Meila, and we'll understand a Gemara in Brochus. That's three Mesechtas we're going to touch, just in understand these few lines of Gemara. And it is that, like that when you learn something in depth. And in so doing and understanding what is a relatively straightforward piece of Gomorrah that we have today, we've had some difficult pieces over the last few days, now today's is a little easier. In so doing, through a question that, that I asked myself as I learned it, which I'll share with you, what I came to was a clearer understanding of the Torah's philosophy of pleasure. What is, what is the, how does the Torah view pleasure? What is the role of pleasure in our, in our lives? And of course, that's a complex and, and a very broad concept, but at least one angle, one, one facet of that, of that idea we learn from, from this piece of Gomorrah. To understand our Gomorrah, we need to understand a Mishnah in Bova Metziah, and we need to understand a Mishnah in, in Meila. The Mishnah in Bova Metziah is the following. Hamafkid ma'ota etzil shulchani. If you put some money for safekeeping with a banker, you don't fill in a deposit slip and do it all. You just go to him and you give him a suitcase full of cash. Im tsururim, if they're packaged, if the money you give is all packaged, lo yishtamesh him, then he shouldn't use it. He can't invest the money. He can't lend the money. He can't, he can't bank with the money. If you've packaged the money, then it's a commodity. It's not currency. You've given him a, a package to look after. And so he's not, he doesn't have the deen of a sho'el, he doesn't have the deen of a borrower. So if he loses the money, he's not responsible for it because he, he's just looking after it, he's not investing it. But mutarin, if you give him the money just, just so not, not nicely packaged, then then he's a banker, he's allowed to use the money. That's what you're depositing the money for. He can invest the money, he can lend the money. And of course, there's risk in that. And therefore, if he loses the money, he's got to, he's got to replace the money. But if you go to an ordinary person who's not a banker, whether the money is packaged or it's just loose, you can't do it. So if you give me some money to look after, it makes a difference. I can't use the money and say to you when you come back for the money, sorry, I've actually put it on deposit at the bank. It'll be available in a week's time. I can't do that. You give me money to look after. When you come for it, I've got to give you the money as you gave it to me. It's a commodity. It's not currency. I'm not a banker. If I'm a trader, I'm a shopkeeper, I'm a, I'm a, I trade in commodities, I'm not a banker, do I have the din of a balabayit or the din of a shulchani? Am I, a, am I treated as a banker? Because I use money. Money is part of my business. So if you give me money, I'm assuming you're giving me this money to finance my trade. Or must I assume that you've given me the money just to look after as, as is? So there's a machlokus rabbi hud and rabbi meh. That's the mission in Bava The mission in Me'ila takes it a step further and says, therefore... If you gave them package to the banker, so he's got to know this was not given to me to spend. It was not given to me to invest. It was given to me just to take, take care of. But imagine that it's hektish money. So it's the treasurer of the Beis Hamikdash comes to the banker and says, can you take care? I've got a million dollars here in the suitcase. Can you take care of it for me? If he goes and invests it, now what's he done? Apart from all the other issues, this me'ilo. Me'ilo means you're using money that belongs to the Beis Hamikdash, to Hashem. You're using it for regular use. So he's over me'ilo. He wasn't supposed to do that. 
But in Mutarin, if the, if the money is given to him loose, then Yishtamesh by him is allowed to invest it. So I give you, he gives me a million dollars from the Beis Amikdash and it's loose. And then he comes and he wants the money back or, or whatever. I said, the money, I'm, I'm using the money. I'm not moil. I'm allowed to use it. It was given to me loose. But what about the Gizbar? He is moil. So whatever you do, if you take Beis Amikdash money out and you just invest it in the, in the open market, somebody's moil, somebody's done me'ila. The only question is, it was it the responsibility of the Gizbar, of the treasurer, to package the money in such a way that the banker wouldn't use it for anything else? Or is it the banker's responsibility to, to know that? And our Mishnah brings the same, the same idea based on our Mishnah in yesterday's daf, in daf Numbes Amud Beis, that I'm a Kadesh Bechelko Ben Kodshi Kadoshim Ben Kodshim Kalim En If a man uses his portion of, of Hektish, so he might be an owner who's entitled to a certain part of the Korban, and he uses that piece of Korban to be Mekadesh a woman, to, to betroth a wife. Or it might be the, the Kohen who's got the Chazer and the Shok, he's got various parts of the Korban, and he uses that to betroth his wife. Ain't a Mekadesh, because that money isn't his. You can't be Mekadesh a woman with money that doesn't belong to you. The money, the, the Hektish, belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. So it's the, the, all dealing with this idea of the ownership is belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara then goes into, into a whole question of, okay, so the woman's not Mekadesh yet, but is the money now Chol? Has the money left the ownership of the Beis HaMikdash and there's an issue of Me'ila? No, says the Gemara, if the woman's not Mekadesh yet, clearly the money still belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. The Kohen comes along and he uses his korban to be Mekadesh a woman. The woman is not Mekudeshit, and the meat still belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. That that the Kohen is allowed to eat the korban is Mikshulchan Gavoa Kazach, who Agamora says, Hashem invites the Kohen to his table, so to say. This is my food. You come and, and partake of it. You may join it, but it doesn't belong to you. Then the Gemara says, what happens if, if it goes into sale? If somebody takes a piece of Hekdash and it, he puts it into the open market... And Rabbi Meir says, Af That also doesn't work. The Kenyan isn't, doesn't work. You can't take something which isn't yours and use it in the market. It doesn't work. It remains in the ownership of Hektish. And then the Gemara asks on Rabbi Meir from this piece that we've had in Me'ila Daf Kafalev, based on the Gemara in, Bovim, in the Mishnah Bov Metziah Daf Mem Gimel, the Gemara brings that in. The question that I had, which led me to the, to the understanding that I want to share with you is, so let's say the Balabait, for example. So I'm an ordinary guy. You, the gizbar brings me a bunch of money. Whether it's packaged or it's not, I'm not supposed to use it because I'm not a trader and I'm not a, a banker. I'm just an ordinary rabbi. If you're bringing me money, you're not bringing me money to do business with the money. You're giving me money to put it away and take care of it while you're off on, on vacation. And now I've, I've got to leave it. But I don't. There's an amazing opportunity. Ricky comes to me and says, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Give me that million dollars that, they, that the base of Mikdash gave you, that the Gizbar gave or that the person, the individual gave you, put it into this business, you're going to make, it's going to double up in a month. You, you can't miss this opportunity. So I, I trust Ricky and I give him the million dollars. I won't tell you what happens afterwards. But anyway, at this point, I give, I give the million dollars. <laughs> so now the Gizbar comes along and he says, where's the million dollars? I say, oh, I'll have it back very soon. In fact, I'll have two million dollars. I've given it to Ricky for business. He says, but this is hectic. How could you do that? So what, what do you think I would then say to him? Why didn't you tell me it was hectic? What is the Gizbar going to answer? I didn't have to tell you it was hectic. You had no right to use it in any event. So that's the tension here. And what I discover from that is when you use something that you're entitled to have, 
but not to use, that's also Geneva. So if I give you something to look after, you're a Shomer Chinam, I say, take, you know, look after my watch while I go swimming. I'm going to the beach, look after my watch. And you put the watch on and you wear it. That's Geneva. It wasn't given to you for that. It was given to you just to take care of. And when you use something, so, so one kind of Geneva is I take something which belongs to you and I, and I keep it. But this is also Geneva, to take a usage that belongs to you. Remember, we had that wonderful ritual a few days ago about when, when you do a Kenyan in a, in a piece of property or in, in a business that, that produces fruit, that produces profit, or you do a Kenyan in a computer or an axe. Do you, are you doing a Kenyan in the goof, in the actual body of the thing, or are you doing a Kenyan in the usage of the thing? To steal usage is also theft. If I haven't given you the right to use my thing, I've given you the right to have it in your possession, but not to use it. And if you use it, that's Geneva, that's theft. You've stolen a usage that doesn't belong to you. We see from all of these Gemorahs that usage is also an object of ownership. We sometimes think it's not. I'm using the watch. The watch is still the same. I'm not damaging the watch in any way. I'll give you the watch exactly as it was. I just used it for a while. I went to see my banker and I went with your Rolex so that my banker would be impressed. But it didn't damage your Rolex. You had no right to wear my... I didn't give you that, that, that right. I didn't give you the right to usage. Now, where that's really important is in a different, in a different context altogether. Tanu Rabon and the Gemara says in Baruch HaStaf Lamed Hei, Asu lo la adam shi yene min haolam hazeh blo bracha v'chol anene min haolam hazeh blo bracha ma'au. If you have pleasure from this world without a brocha, that is me'ilo. You've been mo'il. Why? Why is that me'ilo? Well, you might say, so what do you should do? You need to learn hilchas brocha so that you don't do such a thing. Why is that, why is that me'ilo? That's me'ilo because that's not, what I was that's not the usage I was given of the world. It's true. V'ha'aretz natan livne adam. Hashem gave me the, the planet. But what did He give me the planet for? Here's the Kiddush. What did Hashem give me the planet for? To understand, but and what does Rashi say of the What Chazal say about What is the avoido? He didn't give us the world to consume, and he didn't even give us the world to preserve. He gave us the world for avoido to serve him with the world, like our lulav and esrog that we're using at the moment. The lulav and esrog was not given to us to consume. The Lulav and Esri was given to us as an instrument of Avoido. The world is given to us as an instrument of Avoido. What is the Avoido? Bracha. The reason Hashem gives us a glass of wine is not so that we should enjoy the wine. He gives us the glass of wine so that we should make a bracha. How, how do you make a bracha? You can't make a bracha if you haven't enjoyed the wine. So you're allowed to enjoy the wine. That's your means of making a bracha. You think you make a bracha so that you can drink the wine. No. You drink the wine so that you can make a brocha. So to mumble the brocha, what's that about? It's, the whole thing is the brocha. The wine is just the means of being able to make a brocha. But the whole thing is the brocha. And it's the same with Birkas HaMitzvahs. The Vilna Gon says it's the same with Birkas HaMitzvahs. The whole thing is the brocha. You do the mitzvah so that you can make a birkata mitzvah. You're doing lulav and esrit so that you can say, Asher kiddushonu b'mitzvah v'tzivonu al natilas lulav. That's the whole thing. But to do that, you've got to use the lulav. You've got to use the mitzvah. And we have this beautiful Rabbeinu Bechaya on Vaseli matamim ka'asher ahavti va'avi alivochla 
Bochela Bavut of Arechach and Nafshi Betere Mamut. When Yitzchak says to Yaakov, thinking it's Esav, bring me a delicious meal so that I can give you a brocha. What's a, a delicious meal? Yitzchak needs to, to have a good meal, he needs a steak. And Rabbeinu Bechaya des, des, describes so beautifully, you should learn through the Rabbeinu Bechaya, I've quoted the full one inside. A brocha comes from the nefesh, it comes from inside you. And you can only give a brocha if you really are feeling good inside. It's got to come from a good place, from a happy place. And he says it's the same with nevuah, that nevuah comes when you're listening to music. You need music in order for nevuah. It's not that there's a spiritual and there's a physical world. They're connected. The physical pleasure that we get triggers an internal pleasure that then becomes the initiator of the sense of bracha. So if you're going to make a bracha of Hashem, it's not a transaction. You're going to make a bracha to Hashem, it's not a ritual. If you make a bracha to Hashem, it's going to come from inside your heart. It's going to come from a place of gladness, from a place of joy. So you've got to enjoy the world first. And the way you make a bracha on, on a glass of wine is different from the way you make a bracha on an apple, is different from the way you make a bracha on a, on a leaf of lettuce, is different from the way you make a bracha on, on a fragrance, is different from the way you make a bracha on light and day and darkness and light and, and, light, and the way you make a bracha of, of the clothes that you put on in the morning and the way you make a bracha for waking up in the morning. Each one of these are nuanced. They come from a different inner place. You're thanking Hashem from a different inner place. Yitzchak wants to bless Yaakov from a place of material satisfaction and happiness so that he can give him a real broch of material happiness. And the Rabbeinu Bechai Gezon says that's why we do Nisuch HaMayim on Sukkot. Because Hashem wants to give us rain on Sukkot. So we do a mitzvah for Hashem with water. And so with all the mitzvahs, Hashem asks us to use the objects that He wants to bless us with in the mitzvah. And so it is in, in the physical things that we do. We, we bless Hashem with the gladness that comes from the very thing for which we're blessing Hashem. That's what it is. But what happens if we now eat the apple without the brocha? We have the glass of wine without the brocha. Or we make a bracha chatufa, as it's called in halacha. It's just a, a hurried brocha without any feeling, without any sense. What have you done then? Not only is it me'ila, but Rabbi Hanina Bar-Papa says on the next page in brochas, ki'ilu gozel la Baruch you're stealing from Hashem. Isn't that me'ila? No, no, no. Me'ila is, me is a different thing. Me'ila is not theft. Me'ila is using something for a purpose for which it wasn't given to you. And now you're using the world to drink, to eat. You're using the world for consumption. The world wasn't given to you for consumption. Imagine if the whole world operated that way. If we understood the world wasn't given to us for consumption, you wouldn't need environmentalists. It would be obvious you've got to take care of the world. It wasn't given to us to consume. It was given us to praise Hashem with. That, and we've got to treat the world in that way, that we praise Hashem. It's an object of mitzvah. Eretz Yisrael is an object of mitzvah. We wouldn't throw our garbage and our litter on the street if we understood that Eretz Yisrael was an instrument of mitzvah. It's not given us just to live in. It's given us as a tool by which to praise Hashem every single day, to praise Hashem for the fact that we're living here and that we have this access. But there's something else. Ki'ilu is Rashi. What are you stealing from Hashem? Not the glass of wine. That's me'ila. Not the apple. That's me'ila. Et birchato. The brocha belongs to Hashem. And you've stolen the opportunity of the Rebbeinu Shalom to get your brocha. You owe him a brocha. And you've taken that debt, that indebtedness, you've 
taken away from him. You haven't given him that that which you owe him. So we see from this this Gemara, which is a, a real technical Gemara about depositing some money with a man, and is it Mila or isn't it Mila? Is he allowed to use it or isn't he allowed to use it? Coming to the very question of why did we not have to tell him? We didn't have to tell him it was hectic because he had no right to use it for that. We don't have the right to use the world for things that wasn't given us to use it for. The world was given to us for brochas, to praise Hashem, to attribute the world to Hashem, to appreciate Hashem, to get excited by Hashem and, and His creation. And simply to consume instead of use the world as an instrument of Avodah is an act not only of Me'ila but also of Gezela, that we're misusing the world, we're using something that is for, used, meant for Kedusha, we're using for everyday means, and we're stealing from the Rebbeinu Shalom the bracha that belongs to him. <laughs>